Chicago. This is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Democrat Michael Bauer, Libertarian Brian Lembrecht, Progressive Salim Muakil, and Nationalist Jennifer Nevins. Our program tonight coming to you from our own base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you want to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont at museum.tv. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web at beyondthebeltway.com, and you also can uh, watch this program live on our Facebook page, uh, Beyond the Beltway with Bruce Dumont, the Facebook page. It's live all, all over the world. So uh, wherever you are, we, we thank you very much for being with us tonight. Another full two hours, as we always do, since President Trump has been elected. And I want to begin with uh, the big story over the last several days, and that is the decisions of the president uh, to remove the national security clearance of John Brennan, uh, the former head of the Central Intelligence Agency and a guy that's had a security clearance for th- over 35 years in the various government functions uh, that he has had. And uh, the question as to whether or not, uh, obviously, a lot of people are upset with that, uh, some Republicans as well as Democrats. And the president also, Sarah Huckabee also, at a press conference suggested that there's probably seven or eight other people that may have their uh, security clearances withdrawn, and they are being reviewed at the moment. So we're going to talk about that at least in the first portion of the program this evening. But we will begin when you say, okay, John Brennan, here's a, a longtime government official, head of one of the most important agencies in the United States, known around the world, and all of his predecessors, when they, their time was up and they went away, uh, they went away quietly. They rarely were engaged in political debate uh, and frequently would deflect questions from the media, uh, trying to get them to to say one thing or another about uh, the incoming president who wasn't their boss. And uh, John Brennan, he's handled things a little bit differently. And so let's take a moment and listen to some of the things that the former head of the Central Intelligence Agency has said about President Donald Trump. It's nothing short of treasonous because it is a betrayal of the nation. He is giving aid and comfort to the enemy. I think Donald Trump has badly sullied the reputation of the office of the presidency. Just so reflective of somebody who, quite frankly, I don't want to use this term maybe, but he's drunk on power. He really is. Okay, Michael Bauer, you were our card-carrying Democrat. Um, Did those words go too far for you? Well, I I think... Director Brennan has elected to enter the political arena in this country, which is his, his prerogative. Right. But by entering the political arena, um, I, I guess my, my, my reservation is um, the appropriateness of someone involved uh, formerly with the intelligence of the United States entering the political arena. You, you, it's like you want to have your cake and eat it too. And, and, and he certainly has the right to enter the political arena. That said, though, let me say, mm-hmm. and I think Eugene Robinson said this from the Washington Post, said it this morning perfectly. The president has the right to withdraw security clearances from anyone. 
The question is, should he have the right to withdraw it for the wrong reasons? He has his list of he has his list of targets, and the question becomes: Is it appropriate that he has his list of targets because they're political enemies? Okay. Jennifer Nevins, you are our card-carrying Trumpster. I described you as a as a nationalist, and you nationalist take that conservative, national conservative. But go ahead, your reaction. Um, I think that even when you have somebody like James Clapper, no friend of Trump. In fact, I think that Brennan and Clapper work hand in mm-hmm. hand. He comes out today and says, you know. Unfortunately, Brennan has put this national security or national intelligence apparatus in a bad spot because he is so outspoken. And Mm -hmm. so in a sense, he was saying he's brought some of this criticism upon himself. You know, we have all – we all understand that Trump does have the right to pull the clearance. And what are the wrong reasons for pulling the clearance? Well, what are the right reasons for pulling this clearance? We have Brennan, who is now a paid – commentator on MSNBC. He goes on CNN. He's been on Fox before NBC, all of them. Mm -hmm. And he's monetized, in effect, his position. Why do you need a security clearance? What purpose is it? In the past, people, presidents have kept former administration members' security clearances intact so that they could be of assistance to that administration. That's not the role that Brennan plays here. He's not of assistance to Trump. So why does he need that security clearance? Salim Mulekil joins us. Thanks very much from WVON Radio, a longtime uh, uh, participant on this program in these times. You've been there for over 30 years, former member of the Black Panther Party as a young young man. Your reaction? I, I think Brennan was, was a bit hyper, hyperbolic. And I think that that set him up for, for the kind of uh, criticism that he's getting from the, from the Trump supporters. Uh, he went a little bit overboard with the treason comment. It's hard to walk that back. Uh, he didn't have to go that far uh, and, and still be condemnatory, properly condemnatory of, of Trump. But um, so, so that, that's, that's where I, I, I feel about, about Brennan's comment. Brian Lembrick is our libertarian. You're a free speech guy, but uh, how about do you see it as a free speech issue? Um, not exactly. Uh, hearing him use the word drunk on power, uh, from a libertarian perspective, what I know about Brennan was the guy that was defending the reports on NSA spying on American citizens, the guy defending the reports on, uh, during Obama's tenure on, on drone usage, on the torture reports. And one of the things I wanted to double-check before the show was that Trump had used those torture reports as one of his reasons for why he was revoking his clearance. Um, I'm sorry, a guy like him, I don't know why he was able to have that clearance for as long as he did. Maybe him and a lot of other people are long overdue to get removed. Well, that's that sets up what uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, and that is that you know there's about five or six others, including James Clapper, including uh, Michael Hayden, who was a Republican Sally appointee, Sally Yates, uh, Mike uh, Peter Scorich, uh, James Comey. Well, this uh, appears to be Page. punitive, though, and that's the problem. It appears to be so 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 you know uh, petulant, and and for a president well, to but, exhibit but is those. It, but but in some cases, shouldn't it be? Uh, shouldn't it be a punitive? I mean, if you read the things, well, you know, the, if you read the things that that Susan Page and Peter Scorich and uh, have said mm-hmm. about him, why, why would that not? Why would you want them? Why would you want Bruce Orr still on the government payroll, given the participation he had with his wife on creating a false dossier? I mean, is that is that the conduct we want? In the FBI, if we want to regain confidence in well, the FBI, well, he he thought there was a, a clear threat to this country. He thought there was a there was a chance that there was Russian intervention in, in our in our government. That's a serious threat. Are and people he thought, he thought that was, he, it was he he should bring that to the attention 
of the FBI. I don't but what, think about, but what about Peter Scorch and there was no threat that they saw? The only threat they saw to this country was the people voted for Donald Trump. That was that was what they were. They were this was long before Russia. That was their threat. They they were they were they were in the wheelhouse oh, and, oh. of investigating sure. Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Well, they were going by and then they became part of the Mueller team. What, the same reason that Donald Trump attracts so much so much support from those who are anti deep state, those anti deep state comments um, were threatening to people who represented the deep state. Absolutely, well, we're, we're seeing, and, and so that's we're why seeing a rebe- we're seeing a reaction and a yeah. rebellion by the deep state right now with that's the media, with all their friends in the media. Exactly and I want right. to come back and pick up on that discussion okay. with okay. all of our guests at one 8289 Do you like the idea? that security clearance uh, has been pulled and will be pulled in the future. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760 799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at bryansellsthedesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Let's go to telephone calls. They're already with us this evening. Bonnie listening to us in Crown Point, Indiana, and she is listening and watching tonight on Facebook. Go ahead, Bonnie. Well, hello there. Um, Listen, this is a kind of a stupid question, and maybe I just don't understand the process, but I had heard on the news that there's over 5 million people in this country that have security clearances, and I realize that a lot of people need it for their jobs, but when you leave the service of this country, is it really safe or is it risky for, you know, you to have a security clearance? I mean, why do all these, and, and all these former um, Obama officials, I don't understand why they need it. I mean, maybe they had it once. Yeah. Bonnie, it v- very good question. In fact, the question you asked is the question we were asking around the table during the commercial break. So, Michael so, Michael Bauer. So, let me say a, 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 a good reason why and a good reason why not. A good reason why is that we have this belief, and I think it's sound, that former intelligence officials who maintain security clearances can, based on their uh, experience, give advice to current intelligence officials. And there's some soundness to that. Mm-hmm. The, on the other hand, though, and John Brennan said that this morning on Meet the Press, one of the reasons that these former intelligence officials have security clearances is so they can sit on boards and commissions and monetize this. Mm-hmm. And that, unfortunately, should be unacceptable. Or, or be a, a hired a gun for, the, for NBC uh, to talk about yeah. national security issues. How, how can anyone think he can give an objective view on anything, given what he has said? And again, if, if you want to if you want to keep your clearance, mm-hmm. you don't make a comment. You don't make the personal comments 
that he's made against the president. I think one of the uh, great ironies of this was one of these 13 signatories to this complaint about um, Brennan having his security clearance taken away was none other than General Petraeus, who had his security clearance taken away because he was having pillow talk with his mistress and letting classified information loose. And yet here he is, no shame whatsoever, coming out and saying, yes, this is wrong. I mean, it, it really is like a cast of characters right now. Well, see, one of the seeing. reasons that they maintain these uh, security clearances far beyond their tenure is because the institutional wisdom that they represent that can be very valuable to the current uh, to the current administration and that same institutional wisdom is considered the deep state now so it's an enemy of what what the Trump administration is talking about and that's why he's considered so suspect I have a question Yeah go ahead I have a sorry I have a follow up question and, and I understand all that but is there not a risk involved in that I mean what if one of these these people are, 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 you know, encouraged to flip and give some of this information away to, like, an enemy or something. Right. I mean, you've got five million chances walking out there right. of somebody to be a traitor. Yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's very beneficial because it isn't necessarily uh, – they, they could be sworn, you know, uh, political enemies of the country – but they could also be economic en- uh, enemies. So if you have within these, you know, I'm, I'm not, the figure five million sounds a little bit uh, tall to me. But let, let's just talk about these thirteen or fourteen people and throw Henry Kissinger in there. I mean, how many? <laughs> no, seriously, how many countries like Saudi Arabia or Yemen or you name it or Japan? How many of those countries go and hire some of these people? Because they want, if not some inside information, they want the perceived clout of it's this. It's always been a problem. It's though, always been part and, of it. And, and, and it's traditional to this country. It's a part of the, the yes. perks of, of But again, would you acknowledge, Brian, that there, there isn't anybody in the, on this list? Because everybody on this list, they've already stated their dislike or hatred for, for President Trump. There isn't anybody on this list that's going to be called by Mike Pompeo or anybody in the White House for their opinion. And, and this, keep your opinions to yourself. And this is where checks and balances come in. I'm not saying that President Trump is the best person for conducting checks and balances, but somebody is. There's a firewall there at some point. Uh, Rand Paul uh, uh, said that he had been lobbying the president to start cutting off these people uh, and because he believed that uh, whether you want to call it the deep state or however, you know, establishment uh, politicians or, or figureheads, at some point you have to cut it off or start rotating people. It shouldn't just be a rotating door of people coming in, getting that clearance, and then walking away with that golden ticket. This is, I think you made a good point, because I think Rand Paul's fingerprints are all over this action uh, <laughs> be, because, of, because of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the government spying program. And again, if there's anybody, I, I think, I hope that the next guy to go is James Clapper. <clears throat> James Clapper is a liar. He lied to Congress. He is in contempt That's of true. Congress. Republicans and Democrats, whether it's Ron Wyden or whether it's Rand Paul, they both know that he lied directly to the, the, the cameras and said there was no such domestic spying thing. He should have been fired then. Mm-hmm. Then. He should have been fired by President Obama. I want to hold on to Bonnie's comment, though, because she, she raises a very important point, cause I, and I've read the same thing, that there are approximately 4 to 5 million people in this country who, who are no longer in government employ but yet have a, a certain level of security clearance. Maybe not top not top secret, but they have a certain level of security clearance. And this is just a, uh, a uh, employment nesting operation. So, so people can get lobbying jobs, they can get jobs advising outside interests, as you said, right. and, and, and there needs to be a whole review of the security clearance issue. It's also, I think, this 
This, more than anything else uh, that the president has done, or, or said even, since he's been president, and again, I think it will be underscored if indeed there's a couple of other heads to roll and have their security clearance withdrawn. This is the, this is the biggest strike at the heart of the, of the swamp. Of the D.C. swamp. And that's why you and have the some D- Republicans and the, and, the, and the deep state. That's why you have some Republicans on board. Michael Absolutely. Hayden. I mean, they're all, they're all, they all, they're all in this together right. against the people. They're, and by the way, they are, you know, we want to keep taking their advice. Remember, you said that's one of the things? Yes. You want to get someone that has experience in government giving advice. Mm-hmm. Well, given the fact that some of the advice that's been given for the, for the operation of this country over the last 20 years, both Republican and Democrat, was bad advice, I don't want, I don't want them around. Mm. If, that, if these guys are the best and the brightest we have, we're in trouble. That's why the Trump administration is so such an ironic, among other things, it's yeah. such an ironic administration. Well, to the average person looking at <laughs> for, this, it, and like to Bonnie, for example, you know? what this looks like to someone like Bonnie and to, to millions of the rest of us is <laughs> you being fired from your job or quitting your job and insisting that you still want a key to the building. In what other arena does this work? And so the average right. American's looking at this and saying, again, Trump is vindicated when we see this kind of a display. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's go to another call. Let's go to Scott listening to us in Austin, Texas on KLBJ. Nice to hear from Texas. Scott, go ahead. Monetizing his position isn't a problem for me. If he wants to go to NBC and speak his mind, that's fine. That's that's why we have a free press. What bothers me about Brennan and people like him, especially Comey and McCabe and the rest of them, they use their position for politics. I'm a police officer. If I did that stuff, I would lose my job. I would lose my credibility. I'd lose everything. And these guys who are defending him, like McRaven, what they're so busy fighting the enemies of this country that they're forgetting to defend us from the enemies of this country. He's abused – Brennan has abused his office. He's abused it for a very base reason, for politics, not for the good of the country, but for the good of his party. And that's absolutely wrong. That's exactly why he should have lost his his, uh, uh, credentials or his clearance, and that's exactly why some of these other people should. Well, he perceives it as a threat to the country, not to the party. That's the party. That's, well, why, they, that's he, why they're acting no. in such a dramatic if, if way. I, if they I'm perceive a police officer and I, Trump I sell threat. my access, <laughs> if I'm a police officer and I sell my access to, to the police records or I start to arrest people because I don't like them politically, I can say, well, you know, they're bad guys. They deserve to be in prison. But I'm still violating my oath. I'm still violating the law. That's what Brennan did. I don't care what he thinks. What does he do? What did he do? What is he doing? If you had a police chief, sir, who was uh, overtly violating the Constitution, and, and, your, and your, from your perspective, what, what is your alternative to, to bring that violation to, to public notice? How, how do you do it, if you perceive that to be the case? If Brennan is saying, I disagree with Trump for these reasons, that's fine with me. That's monetizing as far as I'm concerned. But if he's saying, I just don't like this guy, or I disagree with his policies, and so I'm going to use my position to undermine him. That is wrong. If he's going to say, I'm going to use my position to help the other party win, to help skew an election, or to help what my party wants. But a key, but a key point here, uh, uh, as a member uh, of the government, that is what's wrong. I'm sorry, uh, Scott. I think another p- part of this, which I think it gets back to, is, is, is the, value, the value of that moniker. You know, when, when, when uh, 
when he's asked to speak, and I don't know what his speaking rate is, mm-hmm. but when you're saying someone, this guy is the former head of the CIA. That, to me, Ben, this is a guy that knows a lot of stuff that nobody else knows. So he's smarter than everybody else. What I don't quite understand is why he felt so compelled to go so far beyond the pale of any of his predecessors to, to warn the country. Because he could have gone in his role at NBC. In fact, he already does. You listen to any of his, his analysis, you know where his stand is. But don't you think Trump has raised the stakes by saying, like, for example, the media is the enemy of the people? That's rather hyperbolic, wouldn't you say? That doesn't it have anything hyperbolic. to do with Trump. No, no, it doesn't. But, I mean, it's, a, it's, yep. it's the kind of rhetoric I'm talking about. It, and w- when you go over the top in that way, you tend to, you tend to provoke those kinds of reactions from people. That, yeah, that's you, you, you tend to re, you, you intend to promote reaction in the political circles. Is he, and is he, he certainly, Donald Trump has enough criticism within the political circles, rightfully so, because that's part of the free political speech we have. He's got that. Why is someone who is the head of the CIA compelled, unless it's hatred for the person, why is he compelled to do something that none of his predecessors would ever do? Maybe it's patriotism. Maybe that's his motivation. You may not agree with his perspective, but that may be that, I think, certainly is his, his motivation. Wrapping Brennan up in nobility Nathan is something Hale. I can't So you see him as Nathan Hale. Oh, wow. I think it's bitterness, and I think eventually he's going to want to w- warn people with a with an eventual book deal that's going to come out, but not this week because there's another one everybody has to read. <laughs> we got a whole. We got a. We we're not going to we're not going to touch that. I book, know we're not, but we're going to take some more calls. One 8289 Thank you. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be, where turquoise Gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont uh, back in Chicago. Thanks very much for being with us. Michael Bowers with us. Brian Lembrick. And Salima Wakil and Jennifer Nevins, they are all with us this evening. And uh, Jennifer, you've been chomping at the bit. You want to get in because yeah. you feel that you've not made your case today. Well, listen, what, do you think, what do you think of John Brennan? John Brennan. <laughs> Don't hold back. To hear that John Brennan is being portrayed like he is a patriot, that he's speaking out because of his compunction that we have got to save this country from the clutches of Donald Trump and his evil administration is a load of crap. The man is a swamp dweller extraordinaire 
Okay, he's double teamed with with Clapper. He's in Comey's pocket. The three of them go hand in hand. He lied about the uh, warrant, getting the the FISA warrant, saying it had nothing to do with the dossier. His hands were all over the dossier. He has it in for Donald Trump. He's motivated by hate. He is not motivated by patriotism. How do you know he that? wants to get attention by his own words. What he has done. He's scowling. His his the awful remarks he has been making on TV for two years about Donald Trump. It's very obvious that. This is not a man that is motivated by love of country. This is someone looking to get even. He's motivated by retribution. He's flat out got ugly rhetoric. And the idea that he is just this character, this figure that just hovers above it all is really repugnant to us. Jennifer, what what is the retribution that he wants? What what is he getting even for? Calling the president treasonous, going on any camera that he can get in front of. You know how many people I know who think the president is treasonous? He is not just any person. He is not some just any person. He is somebody with a security clearance. Okay. He's the head of the CIA. He's given a big microphone, and look what he's doing with How it. How many just members of the Senate fees. do you think think he, the just president is treasonous? Quite, quite a, a few. Quite a few Democrats, yes. Yeah. And okay. that's what we're speaking to here and is probably, partisanship. And probably Michael, a number of Republicans. And probably a number of Republicans who are afraid to speak out but what say it privately. Absolutely. I don't what disagree about with you? it. What do, you, do you think he's treasonous? Do I think the president is treasonous? Uh, I, am in, I am very interested in the Mueller investigation uh, coming to a conclusion and seeing the Mueller report. Will it I have, ever come I have, to a conclusion? I have grave concerns about the president. Okay, okay, all right. But my question to you then is, are some of these other people who are using the T word, mm-hmm. are they jumping the gun? Are they doing it for political, uh, you know, points? Are they doing it? Um, I, I'm sure that, that, Mike, that uh, uh, Brennan's uh, speaking fees have gone way up. Donald Trump yes. is going to make okay. him a lot of money. Yes, yes. Do I think the president is treasonous at this point? No. Do I think the president should be impeached at this point? No. But you know, I, we're I, early I, in the what process. About, what, what about you? With answers to the same question. Do you think he's treasonous? No, I don't. I, I don't should, think, he be, should he be impeached based on what well, you know I mean, now? I, mean, I just think he's a. I, I just think he's an inadequate president. He's really, a, 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 in many ways, an embarrassing. President. But okay. I don't think you have to attribute these ne- nefarious motives to Brennan. Um, I, I don't think he's, you know, that's going over the top, I think, as well. I mean, he's a, he's a reasonable guy who, who's a career, um, you know, agent, agent of, of, of the intelligence community, which how most, you, and, and that's, that's, that's. How a, do you feel about all, how do you feel about everybody the else same, in the, the intelligence same, jumping the, on board to the support same the same reason that he is anti-Trump was the same reason that he was anti um, uh, telling the truth about what Snowden revealed, about Snowden's revelations. He wanted to protect the deep state. That's what he wanted oh. to do then. That's why he's anti-Trump now. And, he wants to protect. And, this, yeah, and you don't have to attribute nefarious motives to that's him. That's not and nefarious? Way, no. Trying to protect the deep, the deep state? The deep state is what keeps this country stable. They think. Oh. They think They that. think in their own minds. You're you, absolutely right. You may right. not agree, but people think that there's a reason for the deep state. Do it you provide stability. Do you, yeah. do, wait, well, let's, I don't, this, I don't this, believe That almost is, sounds treasonous this, in itself, defending sounds, the deep state. No, no. Yes, it does. This is very, very interesting. So you believe that the deep state is a positive force? I'm Bruce. Me? That wasn't what he was no, saying. No, no, no. But I get I, it. No, but, but I want to. I want to make sure that, that I is heard them, you clearly. This is the threat that the people who pro, who are protecting, who feel that Trump is treasonous. One of the motives that that they are that they are acting on is that he represents a threat to this 
ongoing institutional stability. And, and he it, does represent a threat. Oh, there's no, que- there's no question about so it. So they are threatened know, by that, and, and they're I, reacting in that way. And I'm, and I'm comfortable with and that. And I agree with the, I agree with, with the uh, challenge to that, to that state. I just don't agree with the nature of the challenge. Well, I, I, there's, there's different ways to challenge it, but again, that's what our past election was like. I mean, there wasn't anything that Donald Trump said, as crazy as some of the things that you might have thought he was saying, People had a chance to say, I like that craziness or I don't like that right, craziness. Right, right. And, again, there was an election, and he, and, and, and he is speaking for the people who, who never would stand up and say the things that have been said. Mm-hmm. And that is, like I said, all these experts, and we're going to get back to this, we're going to get back to all the experts inside the Beltway, Republicans, Democrats, they live together. They think alike. They go to the same social parties, and, it's and, not, and, and they want to defend. They want to defend that inside the Beltway, uh, you know, deep state. And it's state. not just this country. It's, no, it's it's, it's it's the Atlanticist alliance, and, I, and they have, we're having problems with that as well. I, 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 I have to tell I you agree. something. You know what? And and I have a number of friends and acquaintances, some of whom appear on this show regularly, good, who who are big supporters of Trump, and and I value their friendship. But, but they need, and you need to understand, that he and his presidency scares me terribly. It scares me because I view him as continually threatening democratic traditions in this country, and democratic with a small d, not a capital D. Now, it's my prerogative to be scared. Absolutely. And, and you don't have to agree with me, but I think you need at least to make an effort to understand why I'm so scared. And I don't think that it's that the issue here that we're talking about is why individual Democrats, progressives, or people on the left side of the aisle might disagree with Trump or be afraid of his administration. I don't think that that's even what's being discussed here. We're talking about John Brennan and his cohorts and the CIA and why they're doing what they're doing. And my point of view on this is they're not doing it from um, altruistic motives or for the good of the country, but they're doing it for themselves. So and, that's a, that's where I think we're, we're yeah, missing. And each other. That's where we're missing each other. Yes. A lot of them also, uh, whether you were right or, or left, and I think this is part of the verdict that the American people made in the last election. A lot of that experts from inside the Beltway, a lot of that, all the wisdom, collective wisdom, they all talk to each other. It's like being a baseball manager; they always find a job somewhere. <laughs> They're listened to, and the American people said, "You know what? No." If we wanted the red state, if we wanted to reinforce this, we would have voted for Hillary. And, and we, want, we want a they guy did, that's going to say, throw, well, they did. Mm-hmm. But in the Electoral College, right. you know, the point is, they, the idea of throw the rascals out, drain the swamp, whatever term you want to use, that's what they voted for. So here is a president doing that. And here this guy, you know, sort of, I would say, one of the, 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 the key pillars. And by the way, during the campaign... During the campaign, he talked about errors that had been made by the intelligence community. Yes. You guys agreed with much of what he what was said. And that's what terrified it. guys like Brennan. Well, of course it does. Because you know what? These people, they don't want to be criticized. And you know who also doesn't want to be criticized? The most thin-skinned profession in the world? The media. True. They don't want anybody oh, to challenge them. I know them. that. <laughs> they don't want to be they don't want to be challenged. Right. We know, we know more than you do. That that's the, that is the the motto of the deep state. We know more than you do. We're smarter than you are. That's and so we, because we know this and we have we we know all the secrets, we can make intelligent decisions like starting a war in Iraq. 
on, on, on phony pretenses. Or, from your perspective, let's go back a few years. Okay. The way in which the FBI, the things they did to Martin Luther King Jr. COINTELPRO. Of Indeed. course. Yeah. That was, right. that, was, that was the deep state. That, that's exactly what it was. But Many of those people side. are still there. Right. That, that is true. The, the flip side of that, of course, is that um, the expertise that they developed in, 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 that, in exhibiting that has become routine. It's become really the, the state of, of art in, in this country. It's become kind of conventional wisdom. And, and the Trump administration challenged that. And he's, and he's, he's challenging it today by his denunciation of some of those within the FBI hierarchy who he believes, and many people believe, acted improperly. And he's saying to those people, you know what, you may lose your security clearance too. And again, if, if you've read the stuff that Peter Skorich and Page and, and, and Clapper and, and Susan Rice, not so much Susan Rice, but you know, certainly Michael Hayden, if you read some of these things or, or just focus on the FBI, why, why, why would you leave those people there? To me, it took too long to, to throw Peter but, but Scorch Bruce, out. Bruce, I, I will tell you again. If you're looking for someone who's going to reform the deep state, who's going to come in and really be a reformer. Like we thought Obama would be. Like we thought Obama would be. Trump, from my perspective, is far from a perfect messenger. He is a very imperfect <clears throat> messenger. Yes. Because part of the problem with Trump, when we talk about people who are thin-skinned, have you ever seen anyone as thin-skinned as Donald J. Trump? That's what makes him so so entertaining. Well, it makes him entertaining, but it also makes him very Dangerous. scary to me. Yes, because he should invite criticism. He should welcome criticism. You know, and, but and he's he not going to do that. That's not, if, that's not who he is. That's that's not who. But the, that's what the president of the United States should be. You know, it, all, it should be. But again, you know what? There were what sixteen, seventeen Republicans running. They, they didn't make it. They, he they made did. it. They didn't make it. I know. He made he's, it. He's, he, 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 he did. He outskunked them. He, doesn't he, that he, concern he, you, Bruce? That, um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, that, that kind of uh, appeal to, to populism, to, to passions, is so effective? But that what Bernie bothered, Sanders was ahead. effective mm-hmm. with an appeal, with, an, did, with a populism. The same uh, feeling that animates those of us who are in Trump's corner also animated the people who were in Bernie Sanders' corner. There really isn't a lot of daylight between feeling like we are tired of the establishment, we're tired yes. of the status yes. quo. Those feelings yes. ran high on both sides. So really, this shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. And, and people weren't really using the word deep state back then, but that's, I think, what it's been characterized we as were, now. We were using it, but it's yeah. been Appropriated. Just you like, under, then you understand like where we're coming from. Then. So. Well, that's you know, yeah. he knows a few things about branding. We know <laughs> indeed, that. Indeed. Right. We've got a full board of lights. We will bring in the people from coast to coast and border to border and around America. When we return from Chicago, I'm Bruce Dumont. Thanks very much for joining us this week. headed to Los Angeles? Looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. 
Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton, Los Angeles, Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Back in Chicago, uh, thank you very much. A, a very quick uh, personal note. Again, uh, I've shared this uh, on the Facebook page, but last week on this program I shared the news that my uh, sister uh, had passed away, and I also reported that uh, my brother-in-law was in hospice, and I can report this week that he passed away a couple of days ago. So a former uh, U.S. Air Force veteran passed away at 83 years old, George Burns in Calabasas, California. And the whole uh, Beyond the Beltway family sends you uh, deepest condolences. Thank you very much. And just the tremendous response on on Facebook, and we thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Let's go to Meridian, Idaho, where Bob is listening to us on KBOI. Go ahead. Hi, Bruce. Sorry for your losses. Thank you. Um, On John Brennan, I can only say it's just uh, your point that for the last 20 years, it hasn't worked. I agree with you, except it's been more like 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. For 50 or 60 years, we've been ruled by the elites from Yale and Harvard and the elite schools telling us, sit down, shut up. We know what we're doing. And for the last 50 or 60 years, we went from the number one country in the world to the number one debtor in the world and a laughingstock of the world. And now that we have a president that stands up for the people that fight and die and live the American, the actual American life, not the elite life in Washington and jetting around the world, they don't like it. Michael Bauer's got a response, Bob. I I think Bob said something that, that triggered something in, in my mind when when you first said, you know, this goes back longer, 50, 60 years. And I thought, you know, maybe this all goes back to Vietnam, you know, because Vietnam was a war where the intelligence was continually faulty. And all the boys we sent over to fight in Vietnam were heavily uh, boys of color or boys from white rural areas. The, 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 the sons of the so-called elite generally got deferments. Right, and so maybe maybe a lot of this distrust starts with Vietnam because it was so it, it was a class war. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it starts before that. Okay, okay. It starts with it starts with Yalta, and let's go back and just we're going to divide Europe, and we're going to let a hundred million people die behind the Iron Curtain, and in communist China. Because we're going to have a geopolitical balance. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Yale and Harvard graduates were taught to think. Bob, listen, thanks for your call. We're going to move from Meridian, Idaho, to Jonestown, Texas, where Jeff is listening to us. Go ahead. Yeah, Bruce, thanks for taking my call. Good. Um, my feeling is 
that I don't. I I used to be in the government. I have I've had top secret security clearances. Um, when I um, finally resigned or retired from the military, I tried to have my security clearance extended, and I was told I couldn't do it. And I was I felt like I was given being given a runaround. I know other people had it done for them, um, so I didn't understand what the criteria is. And even as I listen to people here talking, I'm not picking up on it. They have. Some people apparently have special expertise and some people have special missions carrying over in the government as advisors. But it seems like a lot of people just go to contractors, but they have that clearance in hand because they knew or had a special connection to get it extended. So I'd like to know if anybody can tell me exactly what the criteria is for the average top secret security or secret security clearance holder to have it extended beyond their um, retirement or their um, the time they leave their government service. Is there anybody at the table? I don't think there's anybody at the table that can answer that question. But, but Jeff, you raise a good question, yeah. and I would think that hopefully uh, the, the, the news media, well, this is, I will trust the news media to hopefully do some research because they have the capacity to do so, and, and, and explain to the American this is, a, this is a good learning moment where the American people can learn about the specifics of, uh, uh, of, of those with, with top-secret clearance and, and what it means and what are the benefits. And, and, and has there ever been anybody that, that has abused those? I mean, this is, a, this is a good time for have that discussion. So it isn't, it isn't so much, I mean, at the moment, the focus is on people that have said things that the president doesn't like, and the media has run and made it it's an issue of free speech, and the president is, is punitive, and he's going after these people. And how many times have we heard in the last 48 hours the term enemies list? Well, I, I, I would dare say that any president has had an enemies list. They don't, they don't necessarily mention it by that, but I'm sure Barack Obama had a list of people that he did not view as his friends either. So at this particular point, we've heard the first wave of that. That's sort of the political response to this. But I would agree with you. I would like to know the historical context and the current context. How does somebody get a security clearance and how do they lose it? And have there been violations of it? And uh, that's important news I think the American people uh, deserve to have. Thanks very much for your call. Well, Go ahead. I appreciate this, this um, desire to examine these traditions that have really been uh, overlooked. I mean, have become essentially conventional wisdom. I mean, people who had security clearances have gone on to use them for very lucrative careers. So I'm, and I appreciate that. But what I'm a little bit worried of is this expertise aversion that I'm hearing. People are, uh, you know, they are rejecting any kind of expertise simply because of, uh, 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 you know, this this negative association with the past. Expertise is extremely important. Yale and Harvard are the top schools almost on the planet. People from all over the world are coming to Yale and Harvard to learn techniques that are very necessary. Mm -hmm. And to simply dismiss that as some sort of erroneous uh, mysticism, is, I, I think, is, is the faulty direction. It's, it's an anti-intellectualism, anti which I, which I don't... Which exactly. I, it can yeah. also be interpreted as an anti-elitism, though, as well. It can so be I that. think that there's an element of that. It can be that, yes. Right. Well. A little bit of everything. Uh, we are through with our number one. Brian in Roselle is standing by. Hopefully he'll be with us when we come back on the other side. We've got some more things to discuss, and we will do that. From coast to coast and border to border, I'm Bruce Dumont, now around the world on BeyondTheBeltway.com and also on the Beyond the Beltway Facebook page. If you're watching us or listening to us, and I think we had our first caller tonight. 
who on was Facebook. watching us on Facebook. So hopefully there's many more out there. Uh, and our guests will continue in the next hour after the news. And if you're watching us on television, we'll see you next week on radio. We'll be right back. far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger, and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's work, weekend update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce Newman, back. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, we are joined by Michael Bauer and uh, uh, Mr. Lambert and uh, Ms. Nevins and Mr. Muwakil this evening. I'll be very official. I'll be like the New York Times. My question is, um, <laughs> the governor of New York, uh, Andrew Cuomo, said last week in a speech that America was never that great. He was comparing it, obviously, with the Make America Great motto of the President of the United States. 
There was a surprising number of applause and some moans when he said that, and he spent the rest of the week playing, playing defense. And I guess the question that I would ask is, is he likely to play defense for the rest of his political career, Jennifer? Well, when Cynthia Nixon comes out and says, this is what a progressive does when he's trying to talk like a progressive, but he really isn't that progressive. I find that amusing, but he's opened up um, a rift between, um, well, there already is a rift in New York, but the battle lines are being drawn there. It's not helping him out at all. I think he thought that his statement where he tried to walk it back and said, nobody disagrees that America is great which is funny because he did disagree that America was great. I think (laughs) that he said it, right? Um, I think that he thinks that's sufficient. The press will let it be sufficient, by the way. I think the press in New York is rooting for him and not Cynthia Nixon. So I think they're going to be his uh, partner in crime there, and they're going to let it drop. Oh, go ahead, Michael. I'm I'm amazed that you say the press, you know, is basically giving him a pass. It was the press that was all over him on this subject, that that he got ripped apart in the press for making us – by the way, with a very stupid comment. We have a panelist here at the table who didn't know that he said that statement. And you would have known, would you not, if it had been all over the media, you would have heard it, okay? But you didn't hear it because it, it was covered by the media, and then it was, bam, onto something new, onto Trump, Actually, onto you know, something else. when you just mentioned it, I thought you were talking about Chris Cuomo, mm-hmm. the, the, the commentator on CNN. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that the government, governor had said that. Yep, bingo. Um, but, you know, as an African-American, there are many black people who, who take no offense at that at all. They say, of course America wasn't great. For our, all of our history, we've been segregated. We've been oppressed. People have, white supremacy has been the, the norm. So f- how can you ask us, was America great? No, we're aspiring toward greatness. That's what, America, that's what made America that's what unique. He, that's what he said in this next paragraph. Yeah, I, that's what made un- America <clears throat> unique is it had that opportunity to aspire. It provided the structure um, that, that would allow us to, to eventually become great. But... Our history is not that great. Brian, what about it? Would you agree with that? If, if there's anything not that great. If there's anything <clears throat> that I learned in college, which wasn't much, it's that I could write a giant term paper arguing both sides of that statement. Of it, you know, you want to look at it economically, you want to look at it technologically, you want to look at it from a civil rights perspective. Uh, and, and you actually said it great. Is that the statement people should say is America is always aspiring to be great or aspiring to be greater than it was. You always want to be better than the previous generation. Sure. But to make a blanket statement like "Make America Great," it never was great. Make it great again. It's just silly hyperbole. But if he's if he's trying to compare himself with the president's comment, I mean, was that he a... just wants to be on the opposite side? He wants he yeah. wants, whatever well, that yeah, line well, is. I'm going to be on the other side well, and take yeah. a stand, and, and they both look stupid. And that, but but, but, I, but I will also tell you something. I find offensive <clears throat> the statement "Make America Great Again" because the phrase "Make America Great Again" to me is a dog whistle. Yes. And what it is, is it says to me, wait, Jennifer, what it says to me is make America white heterosexual male in the 1950s again. And you know, I need need to respond to that. I need to really respond to that. Everything that Trump says is considered a dog whistle. When he called, I hate to bring her up, we said we weren't going to, when he called Omarosa a dog, what happened? Some of the media said it's a dog whistle for a racial term. Mm -hmm. It's always a dog whistle. It's a dog whistle if you want to interpret it as a dog whistle. I and many other people, many African Americans that I know who voted for Donald Trump didn't view Make America Great Again as a dog whistle, so it depends on your perspective. 
And they didn't, they didn't necessarily give great respect to Omarosa even before this. No. I want to get your reaction. What, what's been the reaction on WVON? You uh, do a talk show on a primarily uh, African-American talk radio station. Uh, what's been the reaction to the Omarosa story? Um, divided, man. You know, Bruce, expected to be divided. <clears throat> there are those who never gave her much respect at all. They right. thought that she was a sellout. Yep. Uh, and, and really, she came across very authentic in her e- expressions of support for Donald Trump. Yep. And a lot of people couldn't understand that. But now, many people say, well, you know, it, it, you know when, when we look at those photographs, when she had access to the president and she was, you know, mm-hmm. kind of lavishing in, in, that, in, that, uh, in, that pre- in that kind of a company, no one thought that she had a, a recording device somewhere yep. hidden that she was using to record <laughs> what was going on. And yeah. when you look at those pictures now, she looks a little different than she did then. She, she's not quite as, uh, you know, uh, as um, complicit with, 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 uh, with the uh, president. And so many people are, are having second thoughts about Amarosa. Right, yeah. Well, we had Hermaine Hartman uh, was here from Indigo Magazine last week. Mm, okay. She basically offered the same thing. She said she never had credibility in the first place. Mm, and this, do, this does not really help her in that this is right. Your position. It's our, it's our one and only. No, you don't want to talk about it. <clears throat> I promised you we were not going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm sorry so I brought it up. No, that's I'm okay. Sorry. Let's go to Brian in Roselle, Illinois. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead, Brian. Nope, he's not there. Let's go to Eileen in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Are you there, Eileen, number three? Line three, you there? Eileen, are you there? I guess Eileen is not there. Maybe she and Brian hooked up and they went out someplace. <laughs> um, the president also said no military parade, which I think is a good idea, that hmm. he said no. I said that was a horrible idea. Are you pleased with that decision? I'm fine with it, you know. Anybody he expresses, his, he expresses his support for the military in, in abundant ways, and I don't think if he feels it's not the right thing to do, it's, it's fine with I me. I think most Americans support their military, and they don't need a parade to do it. Okay. Let's put that money toward the VA. Toward yeah, the there you go. Oh, I agree. Damn straight. A- absolutely. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question and, and at least maybe begin the discussion, and this gets back to uh, the, the, the tone and the, and the civility that we have in the country. And uh, the far left, the Antifa, and also uh, those on the right, uh, the alt-right. In, the, in this country, and this, this is not meant to be a loaded question, but it, it sort of goes along with the discussion of whether or not uh, you know, this America is great. Um, do you have a right to hate in this country, Michael? Yes. You do have a right to hate. Okay. Sure. I mean, that's, it, it, it's an attitude. Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't translate into behavior that's destructive, sure. Brian? Well said. Yes. It, it's, it's freedom of speech as long as it doesn't become aggression. Jennifer? Absolutely. It's one of the reasons why I am not in favor of hate crimes uh, legislation. I think that crime is crime. If you hate, you have a right to hate. And I don't think we need to put a further classification on it. Michael Bauer, you agree with that? I do agree with that. I think... Uh, I mean, it's a funny position for me, but when you start dealing with hate crime legislation, you're trying to deal with what's in someone's head. That's right. And, and that becomes, I mean, should I be more offended that someone uh, beats the hell out of someone because they hate the person or because they hate the person because he's, he's Jewish like I am? You know, what difference? Is the person still beaten up? Or are they just they trying should... to get their wallet? You know, I mean, it's still disgusting. Oh, whatever. I mean, so I, I've always thought hate crime... You know, is uh, 
is, is, is it's a it's a mental process that I don't quite understand. It's a slippery slippery slope toward yes. preemptive enforcement. Yes. That, that's yes. A very difficult. Because yes. motive is obviously something that gets taken into account as well. But I don't know how you equate that. Mm-hmm. How you divine that? Yeah, exactly. When we come back, we're going to continue that discussion and also hear from people living in Redding, California. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. Are you planning for the day when you can retire to your dream home in Palm Springs, California? A day surrounded by spectacular scenery, golf courses, a rich cultural life, and great dining? If you are, you'll need a guide, someone who knows where to look, an experienced broker, someone who knows the desert communities of Southern California and all they have to offer. That person is Brian Beard, who's been making dreams come true for over 13 years, selling over $100 million in real estate, including celebrity and architecturally significant homes to the rich and famous, and more importantly, to people just like you. Brian's company, Caldwell Banker, has agents worldwide, but Brian Beard is your man in Palm Springs. Call Brian now at 760-799-7096. That's 760-799-7096. Or visit him online at BrianSellsTheDesert.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, we're going to head to Robert in Redding, California, listening to us on KQMS. But, Robert, before you uh, ask the question or make the comment that you wanted to make, c- can you share with the audience, because obviously people have been watching this, the, uh, some, some of the uh, horrible uh, forest uh, fires in California. Many of them are around the Redding area. Can you sort of explain how things are right now in, in your area? Well, as I look outside right now, I, I could see some blue sky today, which has, has not always been the case uh, for much of the past two weeks. So the guys that are out there and gals out there working on the fires are, they're freaking heroes. Those people out there yeah. doing, people have no idea the magnitude of these fires. Some of these flames reach up upwards of 100 feet tall and you're seeing these curtains of fire over the mountains and these people go out there shovels picks and hoses and they're the ones i mean fire fight that's what they're doing they're fighting fire yeah it's like the most amazing thing you've ever seen and yet these people in the space of two weeks when you're talking about the land mass the size of freaking rhode island or bigger and you've got people on the ground that are fighting this fire. I mean, people in the rest of the country have no idea just no. how big these fires are out here. No, that that's why I'm 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 glad that uh, you've called in because WKMS WKMS has been an affiliate for for us for many many years. And again, in watching those stories uh, on the network news uh, every single night. But you're right; you you can't really get get an impression of what it means to your to your life, and also uh, to to talk about you know what happens next to the families that are either losing loved ones or losing property or losing houses. I mean, these are, this is like the devastation of a, of a tornado or a hurricane. I mean, it's going to take, take a, a long time.
time. Maybe some people are never going to be able to totally recover of what's happening in California. And I, you know, when, when we think about all the, you know, the big news stories that, that we deal with in this country, but so much recently have dealt with, they've been weather-related or they've been tragedy-related. And again, I think what's happening uh, in Northern California, to some extent also in portions of Southern California as well, <clears throat> and also just outside of the, you know, even in the Palm Springs area, uh, the... Um, Everyone listening, I think, uh, wants to you know reach out and do and help something. Let me ask you, as, as a person, you're not associated with any organization. You've made the you've made the point about the the heroics and the activity of those that are helping fight in Redding, California. Is there anything as a resident of that community that you would advise Americans around the country or listening to this show this evening that they could do to to help in any way? Well. I think one of the big things is just kind of folks around the country, if you're listening, uh, you need to take a page out of the book of everybody living in this community up here because everybody is helping everyone right now. And, uh, you know, we're the kind of community up here in Northern California. Everybody thinks uh, California, Sacramento and everything. There is a big mass of California that exists above Sacramento that a lot of people don't know about. And the people yeah. that live up here are the kind of people that give, give you the shirt off their back. They go to work after a disaster. Uh, everybody is, is back in the blue out here. No one says bad things about the police up here or the fire department. We're just a bunch of hardworking Americans out here. Um, you know, if, if anything, thoughts and prayers. We love that. Cause we, I mean, at the end of the day, we go home. Uh, we take care of our families. And that, that's what we do. We get up in the morning and we do it again. Right. Well, I think what you've just summarized is that <clears throat> due to the tragedies that we run into in this country, weather relies and other, when we're dealing with the, 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 a horrible circumstance, that's when Americans frequently show their greatness and, and their ability to to participate with communities. So, uh, uh, again, I just want to ask you, that's not the reason you called the program this evening, but I know we have many uh, listeners who listen to us every Sunday night on the station in Reading. And, again, our prayers go with you. And uh, if there's anything we can do to assist listening around the country, I mean, it's a, it's a major, uh, again, you're right, uh, north of Sacramento, uh, California, there's a, there's a huge region. It's, it's larger than some states, I think. So, but you oh, call yeah. for another reason. So, share your your political uh, thought or comment with us as well. Hey, thanks for your thoughts, Bruce. Um, just to just to kind of give you guys an example. I, I mean, America has been great aside from just the fifties. And I'm you're talking to someone who's uh, experienced a different side of politics. From my first president, I voted for was Clinton. My last president, I voted for was Donald Trump. I, you know, I love things that Clinton did. I didn't. I wasn't too keen on the Chinese thing and all the other stuff that associated with the scandals in his presidency. But, hey, there was a great time during the 90s. Our economy was really good. He worked really good with the Republicans in, in the Congress. And so that was a great moment in our, in our history. Reagan, when he was president, that was a great moment in our history. So we've experienced greatness. And me being 46 and a minority who has also served in the military and has a graduate degree, uh, there's a lot of things in this country that are great. The last eight years before President Trump weren't so great. I'm sorry, people. Get over it. It weren't great years the last eight years before Trump showed up. 
things are starting to turn around now. Record low unemployment for minorities. I work at a great job that I wouldn't have had had I not served in the military and went to school. So, you know, Trump saying make America great again has nothing to do with race. I am a minority. I am an American. I am a veteran. America has been great. America can always be great. And America will be great again, period. Robert, thank you very much for your uh, your your points. I think Jennifer wants to make a comment. I think I'm in love with you, Robert. Honestly, <laughs> um, that was a, just a really wonderful call. I think it's an important point that Robert makes that if America, no matter what your political perspective is, whether you, America's had sins in its past, there's no question about it. I'm a historian. Uh, sometimes it's very painful to acknowledge it and look at it, and I don't have the same perspective as someone else who comes from a different race or a, a different religion or a different background than I do. However, we do have a common American experience. And if an America is great because of its people, if we are America, if people are America, then how can we say that we're not great? How can we say that America is not great? We've had great people in America. So I think that if we can separate that out from government apparatus and from mistakes that have happened or decisions that have made been made in the past, and some people have different views as to whether those decisions were good or not. But if we are America... I'm sorry. I would concur with Robert. Um, we are great. But, but what's great about America should be and has been the opportunity afforded. Absolutely. And, and, and the goal for us should be affording the opportunity of America to everyone in this country. And that has been and, increasing. And, and, that, and that has been the challenge. Mm-hmm. That has been the challenge. But, you know, th- there's something inherently wrong when you have tens of thousands of people in this country who are dying of opiate overdoses in this day and age, There's so, and, and heroin overdoses, there's something really wrong. With, and that's with, happening and all over the world, though. The, but, but, it's, but, but the fact that it's happening, to, that, and it's, the, the crisis mm-hmm. is increasing, whether it's out of despair, whether lack of economic opportunity, whether people think the American dream isn't for them or whatever, there's, I mean, it shows you that the American dream is not lifting everyone right now. And our goal should be that we want to lift everyone. I think where I would disagree with you, Michael, on that, not about the opioid crisis because it's a crisis. Trump has said it's a crisis. Obama said it was a crisis. We're, you know, we know it is. But individual decision-making plays a role in what you described as well. And so if we're America's going to be great, but we have to make decisions for people or we have to guide people's decisions or override their decisions, I'm not sure how that works. We do have freedom of choice in this country, or we're supposed to have freedom of choice in this country, and people make choices, and there are consequences to those choices. But not everyone is afforded the same opportunity. Of course not. It's not equal. a utopia, and it never will be. But, That's but, the thing. But, you know, I'm a graduate of Chicago Public Schools, mm-hmm. all right? I come from immigrant parents who came over here with clothes on their back, right? And I was afforded a wonderful high school education. I think every student in Chicago Public Schools should be entitled to the same education I got, and that doesn't happen in the city. Right. Well, but, but does it does it not happen because the teachers are different, the administration is different, or does it not happen because the population of the public schools is different, and the people that are being sent to school? to be taught by teachers are in many cases coming from households that do not give their children the same love, care, and, and, and consideration that you had or people who went to school with you. 
Is that part of it? Yeah, Salim, is that part of it? Sure, it's, it's all of it. it. But how do you, because, how do you address because that? Because of the history of this country, the same history I talked about earlier. People were enslaved for centuries in this country. We've been products of slavery. We lived on plantations longer than we have lived off of plantations. But does that, black people. But does that, black people. But does so that mean... So what makes America no. great is it's a creedal nation. It has a constitution that has aspirations for greatness. Yes. It, the people are, people are people wherever they are, and they want the best for themselves. People are tribal. And what you have to do is mediate that tribalism in various ways. And what makes this country different is it has me, uh, counter veiling structures that help mediate that tribalism. And that's why America can be great. But it has not been great. It has but, been segregating black people. But, but, it enslaved. But, How can you say something that's great that totally demeans an entire people okay, and restricts but, their access to the fruits of, of what this country is supposed it, to be? It's not is. just that they enslaved people. They also eventually did free them. That's, that's the point of going forward. Yeah, but that enslavement has a legacy. Yes, it does. And, it's and, a deep and, legacy. And that legacy we see in our prisons, we see in our crime in our communities, and we have yet to address that legacy. And, it comes and that's from, why America won't be great until you it addresses say we, that when legacy. When you say we, who do you mean? The nation. We are one nation. I we look at it as government. How about the people? Well, the people, yes, the people. That's okay, well, not an ancillary point. They're at the heart of it, the people. Yeah, but see, the, what makes America great is not that the pe- not necessarily the people. It's the Constitution. We it's the pa- creedal we, nature of this we country. we got to pause. We'll continue this discussion. we got Atlanta and Austin, Texas on the line. Back shortly. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida, so why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sip cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe. Catch fresh fish for dinner. Even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thank you very much. We've got a lively conversation going. A lot of people listening on the radio tonight. Let's go to Atlanta, Georgia, where uh, uh, B.A., somebody by the name of B.A., is listening to us on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Go ahead, Atlanta. I am so glad that you are on live because I don't think I could have slept tonight if you was not. Well, good. First things first. First things first. For all that love that God gave those firefighters out there fighting that fire for them, you need to let people know that those are prisoners. Some well, 16 years old. Let's, let, so get all that, all that rosy stuff you said, I kept saying, and say they're prisoners, and say they're prisoners. They're prisoners, and they're using juveniles because the government don't even want to let, uh, because of the way they've redone the prison system, they don't even have prisoners to fight the fires no more. Okay, so B A B. Let me let me, let me just let me just jump in for just a quick second. 
to, to clarify something. I was going to ask him about that, and then I looked up, and he had already jumped off the line. But again, for those listening around the country, B.A. brings up a very important point. I don't believe it's all the firefighters. There's a lot of professional firefighters that are involved in fighting this. But again, Governor Brown has provided a, a large cadre of prisoners to go and help fight the fires. So B.A. is absolutely correct. There's not enough stories about that. But here's one of the ironies of that. Here, here are people who are out, who are out, they're prisoners, they're out, they're, they're helping the cause by trying to stop the fires. They will gain, obviously, great experience because these are some of the greatest, uh, largest fires in recent U.S. history. And when the fires are out and they go back to prison, because they're prisoners, they will not be qualified to be firefighters in the state of California. Makes no Thank sense. You. None. Thank you. Okay. No, it, it, it makes plenty. It makes plenty of sense because, see, what you don't understand is what that's America. We want something for nothing, and we're gonna get it from all these black and brown people forever. So when you start hearing people talking about how great America was, man, forget about it. Man, Reagan was selling crack in Richmond. Okay, Reagan was selling crack. He's a dope dealer. Okay, well that that's your interp- that's your interpretation of history. And by the way, you, you you've shared your free speech and and you've made your point. Was there any other point you wanted to make? You you, you don't believe that America is great. And the other, yeah, listen, here's the other point. Now, and, and I appreciate you giving me a chance to talk. If I was a white man, yes, I would think America was great because even if I was dirt poor, I had it better than everybody else. It's always been good for white folks. Okay. Well, there's, sir, sir, but there's, sir, there's a lot of people who are listening to the program this evening who who might be white, and I don't think they would agree with you that things have always been good for white people, at least for them. And they still not getting killed left and right by the cops. The the poorest white person, uneducated white person in this country is not following around in the store. So you don't have a clue. How hard it is to be black in this country. I well, I, do, do I personally know? But again, I, I have heard stories, and and I'm I'm certainly sympathetic yeah, to many of them. I want to I want to hear I want to hear from Salim Muwakil. He's within these times. He, he's African American. If you haven't picked that up, and again, he's been a regular on this program for over 25 years. At so least. give give us your perspective and that means of. That he's down with what you're talking about. No, no, no. He, I'm going to let him yeah, talk. Yeah. B.A., I'm going to let him talk and elaborate on what your point is. Don't don't drop off the line because you'll have a follow-up. Go ahead, Salim. No, no, I, I, uh, I understand exactly um, what he's talking about. That's, a, that's the point I was making, is that we, we're looking at America through, through different lens, different, right. differing lenses. And our lens doesn't tell us that this was a great country. We've been suppressed and oppressed and um, in, in a state of degradation, really, for much of our history here. On the other hand... This country has addressed um, segregation and racism and xenophobia, which all cultures exhibit. Uh, this country has done it in a, in a, in a, in a way that is unique uh, and, and, and has exhibited some progress. There has been some progress in the way we've managed to, uh, to, to integrate the, the interest of those who were formerly enslaved and those who were formerly the enslavers. So that's a unique thing. You don't find that in many cultures. And, and I think we need to acknowledge that uniqueness. But I think, again, that's a, that's a question of our creedal nature, the constitutional um, structure that allows us to have that kind of uh, adjustment. 
B.A., back to you. Yo, that's crazy talk. Okay, you, 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 you kill slavery and then you make the 13th Amendment say that it's, it's cool for prisoners. Right now, today, we got the largest prison population on the planet Earth. Right. Okay? Right. And it's all because of this uh, 13th Amendment. And, and hold on, let me pull over a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for God's sake, we don't want you to He's get a driving. ticket oh, for, for driving. No, let, let, me, let me pull over. Just so, you know... By the uh, BA, let me let me let me let me ask you, and uh, don't be offended by the question, but are you a, are you a former offender? I've been locked up before, like damn near every brother in this country. Okay. For nothing. But okay. it don't matter. Point there. The point I'm trying to make is is that if for all the advances that we have, this country still finds a way to make sure we can't get ahead. If it's, if it's all the way down to how much we pay for gas, okay? So the whole thing about America being great, America can be great if they don't elect somebody like Donald Trump. It's a racist country, guys. And guess what? And, and, and most of the people in government is white, so I do blame white folks because they're the ones who setting all this stuff up like this. I ain't going to blame us. Was your life better during eight years of Barack Obama? Yes, it was. In what way? In what way? Well, you know what? I can say it got better. A lot of people always ask me that question, and they don't ever ask me that question how good it was during Reagan or Clinton. How was it? How was it better? How was it better during eight years of Barack Obama? I want to hear from a black man telling my audience. When I was when 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 Obama wasn't president, I was doing day labor. All right. Now I'm not doing day labor no more. That's one. So you you want to keep going with that? Well, why are you not doing why are you not doing day labor? If you were very good at doing day labor for eight years with Barack Obama, most day labor uh, is 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 looking for or a, a, someone with a strong back and a willingness to work. Do you not fit like that? You, you, well, you lost a, a strong back like a slave. I mean, come on, dude. It's it's no. Wait, wait a minute. Did you do it? Did you no? Did you expect to be an air traffic controller? I mean, the skills you, that you, you have mean? and the skills that others have are based on their prowess. Ho 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 ho! Hold on a second. Yeah, I expected to be an air traffic controller because I graduated from air traffic controller school, but couldn't get a job. So what's the point? You graduated you from air traffic controller, controller school. Yeah, when I was in the military, I was in air traffic. I was dead okay. there. Okay, so what's your point? Now, what can you go from there? My, my, my point is, if you did not get the job, you know, you see, you, again, if you had experience of being in, in the military, that should have given you some leg up in getting a job. You know, I, I can't talk about why you did not get a job because there's many other things that, that, that are factored into it, and, and I, including I'm, race, including race, including race, yes. How many black air traffic controllers we got out here, my man? I do not know. Not many. You no. don't need to know. It's not that many. Okay. There's a well, whole lot you don't even need to know. Well, you know, unions and everything, all of this crap, man. This, listen, the whole point is this. We were supposed to be slaves to this day. We broke the script, and they are never going to let it up, okay? They're not letting people get jobs just for the simple fact that they don't have a damn English name. Okay. All right? B.A., in Atlanta, Georgia, listening to us on Sirius, 
thank you very much. I think you got your 15 minutes of participant, not 15 minutes, but we gave you a good opportunity to make your point. Let's go to Joseph in Austin, Texas, listening to us on KLBJ. He might have a different perspective. Joe? I sure do. <laughs> go yes, ahead. Yes, Bruce, I have a different perspective. I, I think no matter what yardstick you use, the United States has been in existence less than 300 years. We have already passed up Germany, China, France, Italy, Great Britain, Australia, Austria, Russia, China, Japan. We have passed them all up in medicine, in economy, in military, in sports. What more does the what more do, what yardsticks do the not soccer. Not soccer, though. Okay. Not soccer. Well, I'm a, are you, you, Joe, you, you made a point. I want to get everybody's reaction to that. Michael Bauer, uh, Joe just came up with a, with a litany of, uh, of pluses that this country has. It is an outstanding country. The, the difficulty is that the opportunity has not been available to everyone who lives in this country. It has been it has been offered on an uneven basis, and there have been there has been legal discrimination that has caused that uneven basis. Joe, back to you. There's plenty of black heroes, plenty of black heroes. If they would if we would celebrate them, we've got them in sports. Uh, well, <laughs> You're looking yeah, I, but other yeah, than sports, he, he, other he, than he, sports, the comment, the, the commentary needs no no addition. Okay. But, but um, one, you know, once I, Joe, let, let Salim talk, did, and then did, Brian. Did, one of the reasons that the, that this country has surpassed others is because it had an enormous period of, of free labor uh, in which oh, cotton, oh, oh, cotton, in which cotton, which was the the leading commodity of of the industrial world was produced here and, and, and it accumulated enormous uh, amounts of wealth that allowed this country to, 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 uh, to function in ways that others didn't. And, and of course, the, the, multi, the multicultural nature of it, the hybridization, it brought an energy to this country that others don't have. Joseph, thanks for your call. We've got to move on. Commercial break coming up. I'm Bruce Dumont from Coast to Coast. Border to border and around the world on beyondthebeltway.com and also on the Beyond the Beltway Bruce Dumont Facebook page. If you're watching there tonight, give us a call, 1-800-723-8289. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City, just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City at HiltonUniversal.com. They let you be the star in Hollywood. Bruce 
Come on back. We've got callers on the line. Let's go to John in El Paso, Texas, listening to us on KTSM. We're hearing from lots of the affiliates tonight. Go ahead, John. Uh, good evening. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to point out, you, you've got to realize that everything is proportional. You, yeah. you have uh, a lot of successful uh, African-American people. We yes. here in El Paso had, for a number of years, a hometown, homegrown black man named Dana Pittard who commanded Fort Bliss, which is one of the largest army bases in the entire country. He lived on the same street growing up as I did. So we weren't in a segregated community. In fact, we had three black families on our block, and that was actually a larger proportion of blacks to whites that's in this community. So, you know, if you if you look at the proportion of successful blacks to the total population of blacks, and you look at the number of successful whites to the total population of whites, I think you're going to find a very close correlation there. Salim, do you agree with that? No, no, you won't. You won't. You won't find a close correlation. I mean, there's scholarship that makes that very clear. It's not not even really worth an an argument. There's there's no comparison. Brian, do you have a point? We live in Chicago. Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in America, and part of that's because of policy that was put in place well over a century ago that, that kind of keeps it this way. And even though they're gone, even though the, the, the banking laws have been changed, renting laws, uh, neighborhood zoning laws, they've all been changed, but we're still feeling it. It's still there. People are still living within that area. Uh, as an Uber driver, I see it all the time, where I pick people up, where they're going, what they're doing. I hear their stories. And it's amazing how something that was designed by a bunch of people over a century ago is still affecting their lives today, and they have little to no control over it. Jennifer, your point. It's difficult to make a point um, when you feel like if you start making the point as a white woman that somehow you are not qualified to make the point when it comes to the situation in the African-American community. I think that if we look at if, but some people, many people would, and I suspect B.A., our caller, who is so passionate, would say the same thing, that I have no right or no standing to say things as I see them. I think if you look at successful African-American people, of which there are many in this country, do we want to look at that like they are exceptions to the rule, that somehow they're from another planet or they came out of an idyllic situation and that they didn't live in the ghettos sometimes and that they didn't struggle with hunger and all the other things that many people in their community do and many people in the white community like in Appalachia do. Do we look at them as somehow they just came out of an egg? No, they are people just like other people who make different choices in their lives and sometimes it does come down to your choice and sometimes it came down to BA's choice and no, not every firefighter who's a prisoner in California the example he used is an African African-American. Why would we presume that? Isn't that a racist thing to presume that somehow all of those prisoners are minorities? They're not. There could be plenty of white people in there, too. Are African-American populations dis, uh, are disproportionately in prison? Yes. Are they convicted of crimes more when white people may get off on similar crimes? Yes. I'm not here to dispute that. We have scholarship that says that that's true. But that does not mean that everything needs to be looked at through a victim prism. And I am sorry, but when I see people like multi-multi-millionaires on the football field taking a knee, many people, myself included, look at that and we say, that's entitlement. You are not they're waging not a struggle. A, they're not taking a knee because but of entitlement. But they're I'm, taking a knee because of police brutality. Well, but they're also saying that America 
America sucks. No, and man, yes, man, they man, are. Many of them have yes. On, many of them have said that. Why do you, you guys why do you make let that me assumption? make that point? Be, not making that assumption. Some people have said it. But the thing of it is, is this. back to my point. My point is. Don't think police brutality sucks. No. Yes, it does, and they well, don't put words in my mouth that Take it doesn't. Knee, my Hold on a second. That goes back to BA's point that the police are just out there. Every every young black man who gets shot. Okay, was just innocently shot. He had nothing to do with it. That's not true either. Does it happen sometimes? Yes, but sometimes uh, actions, Jennifer, have, Selene, actions have consequences. Salim, your reaction? Well, I mean, we... It, Thanks, John, for your call. Go ahead. It comes down to this. Of course, black people are disproportionately in prison, uh, and much of it is because of behavior. I'm not disputing that. What I am disputing is what do we attribute that behavior to. Is it because of some genetic deformity, or is it a social deformity? I suggest that it's a social deformity that we need to address. And until we address that social deformity, there will continuously be this apartheid prison system that we are living in. But when you say a social issue, in a way that means that the person committing the crime, it's almost a passive thing. Like he's, he or she yes, is a it, victim. Yes, it almost is. Well, it almost is. But that it, isn't. But how do you explain? Social, social, where poverty, poverty is criminogenic. Okay. But why do we poverty, have, crime. Why do we what have about, what, what, what about the issue of behavior, though? Yeah. Behavior is, is a part of Big what part. crime is. All right, now, would you, poverty would you is I'm, criminogenic. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something here, and you tell me whether you agree with me and not because again in trying to solve this problem there's yeah. just a, there's a myriad of ways Absolutely. where you can start but insofar as black street behavior it would seem to me that in 2018 every parent every grandparent anyone with any adult supervision over any young person any young person primarily black but any young person mm-hmm. when a police officer sees you running and tells you to stop, just stop. Don't get into the ideological discussion of why the schools are lousy, uh, the, 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 the uh, problems you know, coming out of... Because I grew uh, up in a neighborhood where the police would just beat you on general principle. Do you, yeah. So do we you, had to no, run. But, no, but, no, we were afraid of the police. But my, my question is... That's why we run. No, but r- right now... I right grew now, up in Harlem, and that's oh, the way I it know, was. I know, I know. So the, but, that's, but, the, that's but, the answer. But here's my, here's my question. Yes, sir. If people, if young black people continue to run when the police says stop. Why don't the police stop? Many many of black people are going to be shot again. That's true. And by the way, so it's it's the behavior of the blacks running. That's number one. And 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 I will acknowledge, I will acknowledge that there has to be some retraining and rethinking of white officers as well. Not every black person that running is a criminal. But in many cases, if they're looking for someone that has participated in a crime, or they believe it's that they might have a not a good idea to way, run away from police. It's Absolutely. a bad idea. That's every. That's it. Stop running away from police. There will be fewer you black shots. You can't just shot. tell people to stop. You no, can't I, exhort. But, no, I. But but I. Do, I also believe there's got to be significant transformation of the police department. They're not. They're not above uh, you know problems, sir. And I've spoken on it, and we'll continue to do it. We are out of time. We've had a great discussion, great comments this evening, great callers from all over our affiliate base. We thank you very much. Our thanks to Dan Dorfman and to Sam Greenberg and to Dylan Plowkey for their assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Chicago. If you look hard enough, go off the beaten track far enough, you'll find an America teeming with the unusual, the odd, the downright strange. I'm Will Klinger. 
and I'm your guide on a package tour we like to call Wild Travels. Join us on our weekly road trip to see America's most offbeat and unusual attractions. Wild Travels, available on your local PBS station. Or it darn well should be. Live from Chicago, it's Saturday Night Live. The experience. For the first time ever, get an inside look at the making of SNL. Critics nationwide are raving over 500 artifacts direct from the show. Be a part of Wayne's World, Weekend Update, and so much more. Experience all it takes to put the show together. Now at the Museum of Broadcast Communications at 360 North State Street in Chicago. For tickets, visit museum.tv. Everyone loves vacationing in Florida. So why not experience it as it was meant to be? Where turquoise gulf waters meet tranquil island beaches. Feel the powder-soft sand between your toes. Revel in a glorious island sunset. Shop the boutiques of a seaside village. Ride horseback along tranquil waters. This is Bradenton Anna Maria Island Longboat Key. Real, authentic Florida, where you can discover an intimate downtown and sit cappuccino at a sidewalk cafe, catch fresh fish for dinner, even tour a working winery. Just minutes from all the rest Florida has to offer. Bradenton, Anna Maria Island, Longboat Key. Plan your visit online at BradentonGulfIslands.com. That's BradentonGulfIslands.com. Are you headed to Los Angeles looking for the ideal place for you and your family to relax and enjoy yourselves? A place that combines a four-diamond hotel experience with a convenient location? It's the Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. Just steps away from Universal Studios Hollywood, CityWalk, and NBC Studios. Just a short ride to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, TCL Chinese Theater, Warner Brothers, and other popular attractions. Enjoy spacious rooms offering breathtaking views and a world-class Las Vegas-style seafood and prime rib buffet every weekend and holidays. Share family fun and enjoy the oasis of the palm tree-lined pool and whirlpool. Relax in your own private poolside cabana with a cocktail or snack at your fingertips. Book your reservation today at HiltonUniversal.com or call 1-800-774-1500. The Hilton Los Angeles Universal City. At HiltonUniversal.com, they let you be the star in Hollywood. <laughs> 